Welcome to the Gold Standard here on the 440 Sports Network. My name is Braden Gall, and you can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. And I'm Adam Vingan, and I'm very hot. Like, temperature-wise, not looks-wise. <laughs> that Adam Vingan, he's so hot right now. Are you an ambi-turner? Can you turn both directions? You obviously don't get that the joke. That was a Zoolander reference. Yes, there yes. you go. That, it took me a second. That Vingan, he's so hot right now. Anyway... Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Adam Vingan, where I will complain about my leaking HVAC. Yes, uh, Adam stayed in a hotel recently with his pregnant wife, and uh, but all is well. And dog. And dog, of course, Pretzel, the famous Pretzel. The famous uh, Pretzel. A, a, but all is well. The AC unit's getting fixed. Ironically enough, I had an AC unit problem last week, and uh, we I have. I forgot two... how hot it was in here when we did it last week. Oh, uh, it was crazy. So we have two HVAC units, one upstairs and one downstairs. Yeah. And so we just all like moved upstairs for the night. Uh, we only have one. <laughs> So, kind of. We don't you, live in a you peasants. You we don't, peasants with we your don't have a palatial <laughs> abode like you do. So, <laughs> you, you you peons with your singular HVAC units. <laughs> oh, that's the worst thing I've ever said on a podcast. Speaking of peons, um, I don't know where that's going. I don't know where it was going. I was hoping you would take it from there. <laughs> Are we talking about Carolina Hurricanes fans? Uh, no, we'll get a voice from you later on in the show. Uh, about some Carolina fans who are a little peeved right now again. So we're just continuing. What is to... it with Nashville and Raleigh right now? Uh, so we're just continuing to build the rivalry with Carolina, of course. St- a little Stanley Cup final playoff uh, championship talk here on the show because I want to get your thoughts on the matchup with Tampa and Montreal. As we're recording this on Tuesday, of course, Tampa won game one on Monday night. I, I don't think Montreal is going to put up much of a fight, but we'll get to that in just a second and, and what you saw from uh, what you've seen so far. From the playoffs, we'll get your results from the fan survey. Sort of the, I know we touched on them briefly last week as we worked through them, but you have now sort of written the results. I guess the results, yes, the the paper, the 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 uh, the term paper has been turned in with the results of the fan survey. So we'll get into that uh, as well, I, and maybe uh, maybe touch on if the plan works. I got a question for you later on in the show. If the plan works. The plan you and I have been talking about, and a lot of fans have been talking about, with the Predators in the offseason about maybe getting Seattle to take Matt Duchesne or somebody with a big contract, trading maybe another core piece or whatever. Sort of what what then do the Predators do with that? And we'll have more detailed conversations about that as we get closer to free agency. But I do want to sort of talk strategy with you uh, about that a little bit later on in the show as well. So we'll do a lot of good stuff today. And of course, we'll start with the stadium series with the huge news coming up. And we'll do that momentarily. Pay for good journalism. Go to The Athletic, of course. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. As we we ask of you guys, if you listen, please just share share it with one person. Tell somebody, hey, there's a pretty darn good Preds podcast with uh, a couple of knuckleheads who like to talk about hockey. 4.8 out of 5 on Apple Podcasts. (laughs) Also, we we ask our fans and listeners to just, uh, you know, go to Jaspers because the gold standard is brought to you by Jaspers. Right. Which and I went to last week. Way to go. What'd you have? I had the Brussels Caesar with chicken. Ooh, yum. Very good. They've got really good salads. They do have very good salads. Bridget <laughs> Bridget had the catfish tostada without catfish. It's a pretty substantial tostada. So even if you take the catfish out, it's pretty good. I recommend the catfish because it's awesome and that tostada. The, the idea of catfish... Did not sound great to the pregnant woman. Yeah. But what I was nice that. about Jasper's, among many other things that are nice about Jasper's, <laughs> that when she ordered the tostada without the catfish, 
they doubled up on all of the other things that go on the tostada. Look at that. Without asking. Didn't even ask. No. Jaspers, anticipating your culinary needs. Jaspers, Jaspers. great for pregnant women. (laughs) Jaspers, great place to watch the game and to bring your pregnant wife. Your body, your choice. (laughs) Go to Jaspers, free parking, great food, all that great stuff. Okay, so let's get started with, first and foremost... Um, the stadium series is coming to Nashville finally after years of clamoring after the draft, after the Broadway experience for the Stanley Cup final, the all-star game, all-star game. Sorry, I meant to say all-star game first. After all of that stuff that showcased Nashville and made Nashville a destination, fans have been clamoring for this type of an event for so long. I have a couple of reactions to this, but first and foremost, credit to the Nashville Predators organization, to the NHL, um, to of course the city. And the Titans family, actually, the Amy Adams Strunk family who run, who sort of rent and own the Titans Stadium for getting it done. It will happen February 26th against the Tampa Bay Lightning in 2022, so next February uh, at Nissan Stadium. But number one credit to me is to the fans. I You guys earn this by just bombarding people on radio, on podcasts, on Reddit feeds, on you know, you just phone calls and tweets and just, I think the fans deserve the credit for this because I think the fans made this happen with all of their work over the last five years, showing up to events and showing that Nashville deserves this. I, I give all the credit to the fans, Adam. The fans, as I like to say. <laughs> um, yes. So very exciting news. Um, for the past five years, um, ever since the Predators hosted that all-star game, I feel like every time Gary Bettman has been in town for some reason or another, he is asked by someone in the local media, when will the Predators host an outdoor game? And he's always kept the door open. Um, And now it's here. As you said, February 26th, 2022, Nissan Stadium, the Predators versus the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion, (laughs) Tampa Bay Lightning, perhaps? We we will get to our analysis Um, of the final. Anyway, anyway. Um, also, but, but yes, I, I, I did you. the research. The average histor- historically, the average high temperature oh, in I Nashville did this too. on February 26th is 55 degrees. Um, That's the average high temperature. The average, uh, the average high temperature. What is the average temperature? You didn't I don't do know. that. I didn't do that. Okay. What, what did you do? Uh, it? I, no, I did the high too. <laughs> okay. So, vamp, vamp, vamp. Anyway, um, <laughs> so what's interesting about all of this, of course is that the Carolina Hurricanes were supposed to host a stadium series game next season, I believe against the Washington Capitals at Carter-Finley Stadium, the NC State football stadium, which is next door to PNC Arena, where the Hurricanes play. Uh, Gary Bettman, in his State of the NHL address before the Stanley Cup final on Monday, said that the Hurricanes will indeed host a outdoor game in the future, Carolina GM Don Waddell put out a statement yesterday saying, quote, earlier this year, we came to a mutual agreement with league officials that it would be in our organization's best interest to postpone the outdoor game by one season in order to assure a safe environment in front of a packed house at Carter Finley Stadium. We can't wait to showcase our amazing fans in the very near future, end quote. But because Nashville and Raleigh are in such a blood feud right now, because according to people in Raleigh, Tim Corbin personally ejected every member of the (laughs) NC State baseball team with the coronavirus, 
Um, there's only, you know, there's, there is, there, there's only. I can't even take you seriously. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, I can't Adam even is, take myself Adam is, seriously. Adam is kidding, folks. He's kidding. That's not real reporting. But if you, it's not real reporting, of course. But based on the sarcasm. outrage emanating from Raleigh regarding yeah. NC State's uh, maybe dismissal, uh, disqualification. I, I don't know. Maybe don't have you know have symptomatic people unvaccinated walking around in a locker room. I don't know. Anyway, follow the rules. There's only so much hatred to go around between Nashville and Raleigh. <laughs> it started with the playoff series. It continues with yeah. the College World Series, and now you yeah. add the outdoor game on top. And as I said, there is a blood feud. Uh, we need to get NC State and the University of Tennessee football teams in the same field. That's Does that really need. have? But but you know, oh, I can, they're that, they would they're they're those are two NC State's probably better. They probably go into Neyland and win right now. Well, you're <laughs> you talk to the wrong guy about college football. But I'm just trying to continue the, the let's let's keep the rivalry going. What's but next? I would like to read a I, I have a dramatic reading. Oh, you're do, we're doing the voice. Now? We're doing it now because okay. we're we're okay. on the topic. I thought we would celebrate the stadium series a little bit longer. Before we will. Into the feud. This comes. This is part of the celebration. Oh, because you're going to because we're rubbing their noses because in. Predators fans are going to be basking in the pain uh, and agony of hurricanes fans go for it so this is fans. from this is from at that crazy caniac so they're a bit biased <laughs> and it's it's a notes app so you know it's long Qu- uh, quiet in the crowd please quiet in the crowd okay here we go <clears throat> f nashville and no, tampa no, no, say, say the word does it actually say but, it? no it says f okay it okay. says f nashville okay, okay. and tampa sorry F Nashville and Tampa. This game was supposed to be Carolina's. We worked so hard and dedicated tax dollars to host the game, and they are actively renovating Carter Finley Stadium because we were told we were hosting the outdoor game there. Not only that, this would have served as a huge fan base booster and would have gained attention for us, being the Hurricanes. We wanted this way more than Nashville and Tampa did combined, and getting <laughs> fucked over by the NHL last minute by essentially saying, nope, you're not hosting it, we want Tampa in Nashville instead because those markets will definitely bring huge viewership despite our market size being drastically larger than Nashville's by about 600,000 in parentheses. So just screw all league officials, Tampa fans, Nashville fans, and most importantly, Gary Bettman. Be ready for a lawsuit from the city of Raleigh (laughs) as this took millions of dollars. The city put forth to host the game itself and the revenue loss from the local businesses. In addition, NC State University and the Centennial Authority, owner of PNC Arena, also dedicated millions of dollars to renovate Carter Friendly Stadium for this specific event. It's bullshit that the league (laughs) thinks it's okay to do this to us and don't make up crack crap about attendance concerns because that was going to be full no matter what that's quite the soliloquy there um a lot of run-on sentences there <laughs> so i didn't I, know where to stop or start so a few a few observations um number they one said f nashville and tampa at the top but then said yeah, fuck I later know, that's great um i and then and then like i like how your interpretation of the parentheses was, was that he wasn't really that angry in the parentheses yes. <laughs> you're like in parentheses, he says six hundred thousand. Um, that's about your performance, though. There, that I appreciated. Here, here's a couple of quick observations, and this actually gets back to the stadium series coming to Nashville. N- number one, obviously, it was never going to happen in on around New Year's because of the Music City Bowl and the Titans having to play, and it's just really super complicated. So it's almost, almost always was going to be the stadium series in February. I, I don't ab- agree with him that na- that they wanted it anymore. I think Nashville's been clamoring and has shown that it deserves the opportunity. So I don't I don't think that's a fair. Uh, the other thing is, if NC State's renovating its stadium, 
that that money is is it's not going out the window. Like it's 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 going to benefit NC State football for for a period of time, uh, for however long those renovations help and work until they need to do them again. But I will say this: this is my one complaint about it coming to Nashville, which I realize is, I don't know, I don't even know. Maybe this is just me being a cynic or me being sort of like the the contrarian here. I don't know. Nissan Stadium is not exactly a, 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 a beautiful place to watch a sporting event. It's kind of a dump. It needs to be renovated. It needs to be fixed. It's not going to be renovated and fixed before February of 2022. I don't think that around the country, especially after watching the NHL play these games in like Lake Tahoe. Yeah. Like, I, I'm, I'm sorry, Nissan Stadium, Titans fans and Nashvilleans. Nissan Stadium is not a thing that you put on a bucket list for fans to come look at. It's a, it's, it's, it's really kind of a shitty stadium. So, Carter Finley has some history. It's been there much longer. It's got a, a, a cooler vibe to it. So I, I don't know. Like I, I understand Carolina fans anger at this. I also think the NHL is going to take care of them. <laughs> like they're going to do a game there at some point. There'll so, be a game there in two seasons, right? Like it's still going to come and happen and they're still going to make all their money. I do agree with the basic point though, that this was about Nashville, the market and the fans and has nothing to do. Like this isn't Fenway. This isn't soldier field. This isn't, you know, Lake Tahoe. Like, this will be one of the worst "quote unquote" stadiums to have ever hosted an outdoor <laughs> hockey game. I don't give a shit because it's coming to town, and I'm excited about it. I'm trying to think of the list of places that have hosted outdoor games, and 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 thinking if there the, are South any... Bend, Indiana, right? Yeah. Haven't they hosted one? That's amazing. Think yes. Notre Dame Stadium is the thousand times the venue that Nissan Stadium is. A lot of historic ballparks, Fenway Park, as you mentioned. Um, Didn't Wrigley get one? Or am I wrong on that? The twin stadium. Wrigley that, did get one. They got a winter classic. The twin stadium that was going to host one, right? Tar- Target Field is significantly cooler than Nissan well, Stadium. Well, they're hosting the winter classic. They moved the winter classic. Right. They, like, well, the winter classic this past season was supposed to be St. Louis at Minnesota, and they're just doing it right, this right. year. So I assume it's still at Target Field. I didn't read that part of the press release but, super but it's closely. A nice, but it's, 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 it's new. It's a really cool building. Yeah. It's new. It's um, they got like fireplaces and heaters in the in the where you can walk around the mezzanine. The food menus are amazing. Like there's a lot of good stuff about that. I mean, Nissan Stadium is definitely down the list in terms of venues for an outdoor NHL game. But of course, the NHL knows that on uh, February 20. What day of the week is that, by the way? February 26th? Yes. Uh, Did we figure that oh, out? Oh, by the way, I've got uh, the temps here if you want the temps. Okay. Um, your, you were, you, you, so the average high, high on February 26th, what did you say it was? At 55. Yeah, 55. Uh, the average low is, if this stupid thing would move, the average low is like 36. Okay. So your average temperature is probably Somewhere right in, in the, the middle 40s. there. So it's probably low 40s, like 41, 42, 43 What fans degrees, are more Which would be con- fine, I think, for, for a hockey game. What fans are more concerned about is the chance of rain i think in february i don't know if they have precipitation totals on there i cannot recall what the temperature at puck drop was for the winter classic in dallas but i have to assume it wasn't it wasn't that cold that day i didn't think so so uh 26th will be a saturday okay so they know that predators fans and lightning fans will get nice and toasted on broadway (laughs) and then make the trek across the pedestrian bridge to get to nissan stadium so, I mean, that's the thing it's, about... It's more about the surrounding area yes, than Yes, that's the thing about Nissan, Nissan Stadium. Stadium is the fact that it's you can walk from Broadway right. to the stadium sort of adds to the 
charm perhaps adds to the experience so even if nissan stadium itself is not what we would consider to be a picturesque it's garbage know, it's <laughs> i'm sorry it's garbage they're, and that's why they're going to put $500 million into it, and they're going to uh, uh, renovate it. I just want it to be sort of built in more to Broadway right. and attached more to Broadway, brick facade, honky-tonks. Like, I would do the whole deal and put it on the – move it closer to the river, but again, that's a whole there different thing. There are enough thing. country stars that have put their names on honky-tonks. I mean, Miranda Lambert has a friggin' Mexican restaurant now. And don't you talk about Miranda. All, so, the other, all the other guys running bars down there, I, I, they take them or leave them. I don't care about any of them. I don't. I don't listen to any of that crap. Miranda, it is though, kind of awkward. Don't you talk about Miranda? It is kind of awkward that Miranda's restaurant is like perpendicular to Blake Shelton's honky tonk. Oh, they had a thing, didn't they? They were married. Yeah, that's right. See, I don't know about any of that stuff. I think they were. married. I could not tell you a single Blake Shelton song, and I'm proud of that. Florida Georgia Line. I couldn't tell you a single song. What? 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 Do I hate you that crap. What do you think? Go back 25 years. Give me. Give me Miranda Lambert, though. I'm okay. Cool go that. back 25 years, and tell. Mid nineties, Gwen <laughs> Stefani. I know, I know. That. You are one day know, going to be married to this man. My wife. So I, I, my wife tells me that's why it works. Like because I they're so completely because opposite. They're so, because it made no sense. That's why it works. I don't know this stuff though. Think about Tragic Kingdom you, era. Dude, that's like Gwen one of my Stefani. wife's. That's like one of my wife's favorite records of all time. It's a great record. It's a, it's a fabulous record. But think about. Up. Think about... Let's not talk about this. I know, but just think about <laughs> punk Gwen Stefani at the height of her now fame. She, now she's going to have a honky-tonk. Gwen's place. Gwen's place, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. The, it's the, so weird, man. The Gwen's voice. I don't know. They worked together a long time, right? They were on The Voice together, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so... Um, I don't know what else there is to say about it other than congratulations. It's going to be a hell of a party. Y'all are going to be so drunk. It's going to be fun. We're all going to get waste face. It's well, I'm be, not. I have to work. It's going to be. Well, I probably will be. I might be working that game. I'll have to decide. Maybe I'll work the first the one. The one thing, though, that does not matter to the fans whatsoever that's great about Nissan Stadium, the sight lines in the press box. Yeah, those will be really good. So that's true. that'll be and good for those of us working. <laughs> It's something that the fans can't enjoy. No. The only good thing it. about the stadium is the thing that the fans can't enjoy. Ugh. Unless they have a suite, right? Are the suites on I, that level? I guess the suites are on. Yeah, no, they're up. They're up a little higher. Actually, they're on the other side. And it's not as bad. It's not as bad. Suites are okay. It's still just kind of a dumpy. stadium. I've only attended one Titans game as a fan at Nissan. Yeah, it's stadium. just it's just a dumpy stadium. Uh, all right, Tampa wins. So congratulations to the Speaking Predators of Tampa. Yeah, c- congratulations to the Predators to the city uh, to Nissan Stadium, and but most importantly to you, the fans. You guys made all this happen. And if Carolina is a little bit more pissed at us about another thing, that's cool. That's fine. As a Duke fan, I understand what it's like for people in Raleigh to hate me. So (laughs) not that they hate me, but I understand the... I understand the venom. Well, I'll, is... I'll reach out to uh, Sarah Sivian, your colleague who covers the Hurricanes, and I'll see if I can get a, a report from, from, from uh, you know, boots on the ground in Raleigh, see what the action is right now. Are going they on. burning any more we'll Vandy see. shirts over there? <laughs> With American flags on them. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see about that. Uh, real quickly, Tampa up one game to nothing already. Mon- Montreal, I, I don't remember what the exactly what the standings were. They were 18th, I believe, they in the were, league. They were eight, like there they were, were teams. They were down were, three games to one to Toronto. There were teams in the in the regular season that had a better record yeah. than Montreal that didn't make the playoffs. And here they are in the Stanley Cup final, which is an amazing run, and I'm actually really happy for Shea Weber to get to experience this. I think that's really awesome. And Montreal, as a brand, to have a Canadian franchise like Montreal to be back in the Stanley Cup final, I think it's good for the sport. Having said that, I don't think they stand a chance. And by the time you're hearing this, probably game two's you know underway Wednesday evening. So, you know, I just think Tampa's going to roll through them. 
and will be your two-time defending cup champion, which speaks to, again, you know, the way they handled the regular season without some of their big pieces. And then what the hell's the deal? Explain to everybody what in God's name the NHL was thinking, allowing them to be like $18 million over the cap. Like, what? how is that a thing that could happen in sports? I mean, Bill Daly, the NHL deputy commissioner, was asked about that yesterday. Um, he and Gary Bettman do the uh, pre-game one Stanley Cup final press conference together. You know, they the NHL does its due diligence with this sort of thing. And and Bill Daly said there was no, no wrongdoing. And I believe... Gary Bettman chimed in and said, and how long has that rule been in effect? And Bill said, since 2005, since there was a salary cap. Um, so why doesn't every team have an injured player and then go way over the salary cap? Well, why why, why is that allowed? Why well, the is that Predators experienced that firsthand in 2015 when Patrick Kane broke his collarbone and was miraculously healed in time for game one of their playoff mm. series. But... By the way, Chicago going through some uh, interesting stuff right now, too. Yes, and uh, I'm sure if you haven't already, go on to theathletic.com and read all of the coverage we have done um, on the Blackhawks. Um, is it coaching scandal? Coaching scandal, sexual assault allegations. Yeah, it's pretty, um, it, it's, it's, it's pretty brutal. It's interesting. I, I can't really is. explain why when you said Patrick Kane's name that I immediately went to the Chicago Blackhawks well, sexual assault scandal. For, well, he, he he himself also had some <laughs> yeah, that, troubles. I wasn't trying to mention it overtly. I was trying to be tongue in cheek. Well, I've never been one to be subtle. But anyway, I, I don't like Patrick Kane. Um, unless look, he's wearing a USA sweater on the ice. I don't I'm okay think. With him. I don't look. Nikita Kucherov legitimately needed surgery, and you know, and when they had the, when he had the surgery, you know, they said that he was going to miss the regular season. Um certainly if you want to complain about it, you have every right to, this is a free country. You can complain about whatever the hell you want, but I, you know, as long as everything was above board, which the NHL claims it is, I don't have an issue with it. Okay. All right. Like it it would be different. It just feels like that shouldn't be the rule then. It would be different to me if Kucherov was healthy in like February and they just kept him out until now. I mean, do who, you have medical proof that didn't happen? I, I do not have any medical <laughs> records. Um, I just wouldn't put it past the. T- Maybe I'm just that cynical. I wouldn't put it past the team to like hold a guy out a couple of weeks just to, to get around a cap rule so that they can legally play $20 million over the cap with one of their best players in the Stanley they Cup. They did fine. All, they did just fine without him during the regular season. No, I, yeah. Well, they weren't, but they weren't the, the dominant I mean, force that they are right now. They did now. finish in third place. Right. So here, here's my here's a couple questions for you real quickly before we take a quick break. Number one, I think it makes losing to Carolina feel a little bit easier knowing that you are probably going to get dusted by Tampa Bay in the next round, right? which we all would have predicted anyway. But if they had come back and somehow won that series in some crazy four games out of five fashion, I it, you know I, I feel pretty comfortable saying, Predators fans, I love you, but you weren't going to beat Tampa. The same way Predators fans think that if they were fully healthy, they would have beaten Pittsburgh, and I'm sorry. like if, I think- if Forsberg's skate wasn't ruled offside, they would have won the series. I'm like, guys, no, Pittsburgh was a historically good team. You can look at it both you know, ways. So. Like, some Predators fans will look at the fact that Carolina was – easily swept aside by Tampa as, you know, an indictment of the Predators that they weren't able to beat the Hurricanes. Like, I, you could see it that see it. way, too. Well, I, I think if, I feel like more that way with the Arizona series. 
Yes. From the from the year before where they got beat by a bad team. Yes. And the bad team got crushed by a good team. Yes. And they then it's lost like, to Colorado. And then you're going like, wait a second, that doesn't feel good. Carolina was a pretty darn good team throughout yes. the course of the season. You went toe-to-toe with them. My issue is that I just I find more comfort with, all right, you went toe-to-toe with one of the best teams in the league. They beat you, but you had no chance against Tampa. That's how I read that equation. Let me ask you a question as a sports fan. If you if your team loses in the playoffs or a tournament of any kind, do you root for the team that beat your team, or do you hope that the team that your team lost to also loses so that they don't get any satisfaction from beating your team? It's a great question. I think fans, sort of a, a precursor context to your answer to your question here. I think fans. If I'm a Predators fan, I I love the she. I would love to see. I would love to see Shea Weber, Shea Weber, or Barry Trotz win the cup. I right. think that as a fan, that's pretty obvious. Barry's already done that. Done and that, and so it was disappointing to watch them lose. It was a great series against Tampa, but yes. to watch them lose the way they did, and then you know Shea. I think everybody's rooting for him, and 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 you know whatever. I don't think there's a whole lot of really deep rival with Tampa, but there's not a reason to hate Tampa. I know they were in the same division this year. I think it depends on the team. If it was a team that you had a, if it was Dallas that beat you, if it was Anaheim, if it was Chicago, if it's one of these teams that you have sort of this, even St. Louis or Minnesota, a team that you have a beef with somebody that you have a relationship with. I think absolutely not. I'm a Packers fan. They lost to the Bucks. I've had a Buccaneers relationship as a Packers fan my entire life because they were in the division together for like 25 years. Mm -hmm. So we hated Tampa. I hate Tom Brady as a Peyton Manning fan. So there was too much hatred there for me to root for Tampa Bay. It made me feel a little bit better about Green Bay's loss, knowing that Tampa was going to go on to win the Super Bowl and they were able to beat Kansas City. So it makes me feel better. If if Dallas was so good, they beat the Preds, they went on and won the Cup. They actually went to the Cup Final that year, right? With the year they knocked off the Preds a couple years ago. Uh, no. And lost in the Cup Final. That year, that was the year before. The year before? Yeah. they beat okay. the, they, In 2019, oh, yeah, they yeah, beat yeah. the Predators in the first round. They made it to the Cup Final in the bubble. Oh, I got you. Okay, that's, that's, that's fair. Misremembering, I'm just trying to make excuses for my my fandom here. I mean, like I'm I'm a I'm a New but Orleans I, Saints fan. I don't care about Tampa though. Tampa, right. Tampa. If Carolina had gone on to win the cup, it would not have it would not have phased me because Carolina is not a natural hated rival. Right. So I'm if, a, if that answers your yeah, question, I'm a Saints fan. And when the Buccaneers eliminated the Saints in the not the, the divisional round, right. not the wild card round, right. in the divisional round last season, like I never I didn't really have that much of a, an opinion of Tom Brady, like in terms of hating Tom Brady when he was a member of the Patriots, of course, they kept on winning championships and he got sick and tired of it. But <laughs> like I wanted every team that played Tampa to kick the crap yeah, out. Yeah, I agree. Them. I agree. Like I was rooting heavily for the Chiefs. Were they, they yeah, yeah. The I, know, I was rooting heavily for the Chiefs, Chiefs which is why yes. I gambled on the Bucks. Yes. I was rooting heavily for the Chiefs and the Packers in – the in the next two rounds. It's still too soon for me to talk about it. Like <laughs> I am, I am a petty sports fan. Like I, like <laughs> I, like if if a team beats Duke in the in the NCAA tournament, except for this past season, of course, you'll just remember forever. Yes, I, I do, <laughs> I do not. You know, I was like, you know, when they lost to, um, lost to South Carolina a couple Is of that years the 15 ago. Seed? Was no, the, no, they lost. They were, I think. They were a seven right. seed, South Carolina. Anyway, I wasn't like rooting for South. I was like, "Oh, go South Carolina, go Gamecocks." I'm like, "No, like fuck you. <laughs> I don't want you to win." No, I'm okay. I'm okay with the pettiness, especially if there's a tie to it, right? Like, so if I'm a Preds fan, there's not really a tie to Tampa. There, I guess Sean Henry. I don't know. Like, there's not there's not really a tie to Tampa, so it doesn't really bother me. They are clearly 
the best team of this two year chunk of time. They've been the best team. They've got the best players. Like I just don't, it, it, I don't have any hatred towards Tampa or Carolina, frankly, although that's sort of starting to, to blossom a little bit, which is fun. Um, it, I, it, I, it would piss me off if it was St. Louis, if it was Colorado, if Sam Girard scores a goal in the Stanley Cup final to win the game, you know, that kind of thing would, would piss me off. So, uh, all right. I, I think Tampa's going to win it all. Do you, like, any... I, 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 I want to see Montreal do Montre- well, but I don't think they got a chance. I, I would like to see Montreal win one game in Montreal. Yeah, I cool. would like to see them win one game in front of their home fans. I do not anticipate them winning this series. Yeah. It was a good game through two periods. Then Tampa flexed their muscles. Um, so I didn't make a prediction at the beginning of the series. Well, actually, I did for the athletic. I think I said Tampa and six. I got Tampa and five. All right. Uh, all right. So we'll take a little pause here. When we come back, your results of your fan survey and maybe a strategy that should everything go right in the offseason. Let's say everything goes exactly the way we've we've wanted it to go. What should be the Predators strategy after all of that happens. We'll give you our thoughts on all of that when we come back in just a minute here on The Gold Standard. The Gold Standard is brought to you by... Jaspers! Jaspers. And when you're listening to this, I can say that I went with another host on the 440 Sports Network, not named Adam Vingen, to Jaspers on Tuesday to watch some soccer, eat some food, bring some lunch to my wife who works over there by Jaspers. So I get, to, I get an excuse to go eat lunch eat a wonderful meal, watch a sporting event, and then take some really good food to my wife. Do you see how going to Jasper's can make your life better? Do you see all those things that can happen when you go to Jasper's? I park for free, get some food, get to watch a game with a buddy. Maybe I'll have a, a, a pop at, at, at lunch. I don't know. Probably not, but then I'll bring some food to the wife. She's happy. The wife's happy. I'm happy. I get to watch sports. Go to Why Jaspers. am I not invited to these lunch outings? You are dealing with a broken air conditioning unit and a pregnant wife. Sorry, bud. And my pregnant wife does go to work. It's not like I'm at okay. home tending she, to her 24 hours a day. She's not debilitated. No, I mean, yet. <laughs> she's 30 weeks pregnant. She's Ooh, in the, you she, guys are close. She's in the home stretch. It's becoming more difficult for her to sit up on her own. But the, the bathroom breaks are going to be very, very short. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so she can be left be... alone. It's not, you know, <laughs> she, I can come. She can be trusted around. I'm inviting objects. myself. You and I you have not. Come? You and I have not been to Jasper's together, despite the fact that we've been promoting Jasper's for a year now. I've been with Aaron Dugan, yeah, one of the other hosts. Yeah, I've been with Steve. Who Cavendish. doesn't have a cocktail at Jasper's like, like me? <laughs> I've been with Steve Cavendish. I've been with lots of our listeners. I've been to a Nashville SC viewing party. We, yeah, we, we did a live show with Broadway Sports Media. Yeah. Not invited to any of this. <laughs> do you feel a little hurt? Yes, by I do. <laughs> okay, all right. Would Would you like to come? Yes. Okay, you can come. What are you doing later? <laughs> Waiting for the HVAC man. Because it's today when we're recording this. It's the HVAC. I, like, the, 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 I don't know. I'll, how... I'll tweet it. I'll put it out on Twitter. How about that? Okay. Your HVAC man. I don't know how your HVAC man did this because you, as you mentioned, had some AC problems. My HVAC man was like, well, we'll, we'll come to your house on Tuesday. We can't give you a time yet, but we'll call you in advance of when we're coming. I had like a two, I had the old two hour window thing, but Ugh. they did a great job. You, you know what? Jasper's doesn't have air conditioning problems. It does not have air conditioning problems. They have delicious food, which I have eaten many times with my wife, but not with you because you don't invite me. <laughs> you you didn't invite me when you went with your wife last weekend. What's up with that? Well, because we went after we made a visit to the birthing center. I don't think he wanted to be there while my wife was being tested for uh, I, I'll, I'll be, all of the things. I'll... <laughs> 
<laughs> I will do uh, as, as much or as little as your wife is comfortable with me being involved. I'll go to Jasper's and the birthing center. Whatever you want, buddy. I'm here for moral and emotional support for my teammates. The good news is that Jasper's is down the street from where my oh. wife and I plan to have our baby so while she is in bed waiting to give labor to go into labor so that okay let me i give, will stop by jasper let me give you some advice mm. that's not the time to leave oh. the time to leave is after the birth oh and everyone's sleeping and the baby's in 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 because the nurses will take care of it for a couple of hours at a time to give the parents some rest so when, when the baby's away and taking a nap you either need to a take a freaking nap because you're not going to sleep for a while or go out to Jasper's and then bring food back to Bridget once she's really, really hungry. So what you're saying is that I not can't... Not during the labor, dude. Don't so leave what's, during so that what's gonna happen? This is what's going to happen. So she's going to give birth. The baby's going to pop out. It's going <laughs> to be whining. It's going to be whining. And I'm going to be eating a Jasper's burger. And they're going to be like, would you like to hold the baby? And I'll be like, do I put the burger down for this? I hold the baby in one arm and the burger in the other. Oh, God. Go to the baby Jasper's. has to learn early that food is just as, as important to me as the baby. <laughs> Put that baby in the play, its place. Nobody puts baby, baby. In, baby in the bassinet, burger in my mouth. Nobody puts baby in the corner. Except for me Except when I'm eating Adam a Jasper's King. burger. <laughs> go, go to Jasper's. Adam, God bless you and Godspeed on this journey into parenthood. <laughs> Bridget, we love you. <laughs> All right, let's get into this fan survey, Adam, uh, that you you conducted. Again, go back and listen to last week's episode if you want sort of, I, I don't know, like a lot of nuance in all the questions, sort of our opinions on what we would have voted for. There were, what, 12 different questions uh, in this fan survey that you conducted. How many responses did you We, we tried to get you to 1,000 responses. How many we responses did not get, did you get to 1,000. We oh, got come to, on, Preds fans. We got to 940. That's pretty good, though. It's that, a, that gives you – isn't 300 like the statistical – Number you're supposed to get to to create an accurate an accurate sample size? I have no idea, but 940 seemed like a decent sample size. I think it's like the only thing I learned in stats class in college. Um, all right, so what what did we learn? What were the biggest, most bizarre results? What are the most notable things that we need to we need to get to here on this fan survey? Okay, so there were a couple of things that were there were a couple of things that were notable. The first thing were the first thing is the, the, the two questions about David Poyle specifically. I almost said specifically. It's okay. Specifically. I'm thinking about the ocean. You have a pregnant wife, and you don't have air conditioning. So it's I'm okay to be the, a little flustered. I'm thinking about the Pacific Ocean. Um, <laughs> anyway, so the first question about David was, on a scale from one to five, with five being the highest, how confident are you that Predators general manager David Poyle can return the team to Stanley Cup contender status? So... According to my poll, of the 940 that responded, 327, which translates to 34.8%, said three. Okay. 284. I think that's what I voted for. Said two. So 30.2%. So this is what. Ha so so 34.8% were right in the middle. A combined. Let me do my quick math here. 41.8% said either one or two. So more than two-fifths of the people who responded to this poll have little to no confidence in David Poyle. That result doesn't surprise me. What, uh, yet. <laughs> and yet, the following question, should the Predators have removed Poyle? The same G, 950 people. As GM at the end of the season, the same 940 people. <laughs> because you had to answer all of the questions to participate. You could not skip right. a question. 
59.1% said no. <laughs> so now not, somebody did point out to me. Something's not right. Somebody did point out to me that, you know, 41-ish percent said one or two. And 41%, close to 41% said no. So it's... perhaps all the people that said one or two said no. That, so I guess that... That part's fair. I guess that isn't as... I, I didn't consider that. So thank you to the reader that pointed that out. But the idea... But three doesn't feel like a... I, I guess what happens is when you make it a yes/no question, you're forcing people like me who voted three, yes, to choose one, yeah. And the vast majority of people that were sort of in the middle on poil, right, a Might three, have towards yes, we're going. You know what? Let's err on this. Let the devil we know versus the devil we don't know, right? Let's go with David Poyle. Let's give him another shot. And that is how that's how I voted. I voted three, and then yes, they should have kept him. Okay. Or no, they shouldn't have fired him. Whichever. So, one. so I did ask people in the in the results story. That if you voted little to no confidence, one or two, in Poil, but also voted yes to keeping him. That's to, the interesting. To explain your reasoning. And there were two schools of thought in the comment section. One, that because David has been a member of this organization for its entirety, that the idea of, quote unquote, removing him perhaps is too harsh you know, the idea yeah. that David deserves to go out on his terms, whether it's retiring or a mutual parting of ways, right, right, right. what have you, versus being removed, fired. Um, so perhaps it was the wording of the question that that yeah. caused people to think that. The other um, explanation was that there was no obvious replacement for Poyle. Like, if there was somebody out there that was so clearly going to be better at this job than he was, that they would they would have said, no, they should have removed him. But the people could not think of someone yeah. that was an obvious replacement that would have done a better job. So perhaps the wording of the question was my undoing. But I do think it is interesting that despite there being, you know, there are a few people in that poll who have a positive opinion of the job that he's doing. Yeah. But yet, sixty percent of people did not want him to be removed. Right, this office. Interesting, and, and along the same lines of those questions with the John Hines results, uh, only seventeen six, so about twenty three percent, less than a quarter of respondents of this poll said that they basically disapproved, quote unquote, disapproved of of John Hines's coaching job. Um, a one or a two, as far instead of the three, four, or five. So almost seventy eight percent voted a three or four or five in sort of approval of John Hines. Uh, I thought the other couple of other ones here, we can do, the, let me do the contract ones real quickly, just because I thought these were, these, these were sort of fairly, sure. fairly obvious. Um, how long should UC Saros contract be? 44% said four to six years. 54% said one to three years. Barely anybody said seven to eight, which is essentially, I think that's about right. You want it to be a relatively short deal. Yeah. Um, I, I actually voted in the four to six years. Um, and I was in the one to three. Thirty-five yeah. percent voted to to not protect Fabro, which I thought was a little high, um, but I guess that's about right. Sixty-five, thirty-five to to essentially keeping Fabro, uh, Dante Fabro, on the team. I thought this was interesting. Thirty-five um, percent and fifty-one percent, so eighty-six percent of respondents believe that it is important in some way, shape, or form to keep Mikhail Granlund. Mm -hmm. That that's what matters to me. Fifty-one percent said somewhat important. 35% said very important. So what I'm seeing here is almost 80, almost 90% of fans think Mikhail Granlin needs to come back is what I'm saying. Yeah, now. which would have been a lot different a year ago <laughs> when, yeah, no, no when, when he really hadn't made much of an impact. But 
I think people who've watched the Predators this past season know, understand just how important Mikhail was to their success um, on the ice. Um, yep. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's important to re-sign him myself. I, I, mean, I, I, I agree. I put someone important on there as well. Um, 76%. This one was fascinating to me because you gave people four off-season strategic choices for how the Predators should go about this off-season. And I, you can't get you can't get seventy five you can't get seventy seven percent of a fan base to agree on the sky being blue, <laughs> and you got seventy six percent of the Predators fan base out of four strategies to basically say the soft reset is the way to go. Twelve percent said blow it up. Ten percent said go for it. An extremely tiny percent said stay the course. So basically, you're carving off tiny little niches of the fan base that have these extreme views of what to do. Largely, the entire fan base agrees. Soft reset this season, which you describe as sort of tweak the core, fill the roster holes with prospects. That's what you and I voted for, right? Yes. I, I, that, I'm surprised that number was so big. I am in that soft reset camp. And, you know, what that means is, you know, if you let Eric Halla go, you put Rem Pitlick there. Right. You know, you, you put Philip Tomasino in the top six. You know, you, you, you continue to rely on Ellie Tolvanen, Alex Carrier, Trennan, uh, Janot, yeah. Olivier, etc. You know, maybe Jeremy Davies, David Ferrance get an opportunity to play on the third pair instead of Ben Harper. Um, things of that nature. I mean, that's that's yeah. that's yeah, yeah. how I that's how I would go. I just think that this team is past the point where they need to keep going for it. I think they need to take a yeah. step back before they can take a step forward. Yeah, and we've covered that a lot. I think you and I yes. are are sort of sort of feelings about the strategy and the approach the Predators should take. Which uh, which best describes your feelings about the current state of the Predators franchise? We talked about this one a lot on last week's episode. I think what is interesting if ju- is just comparing the two ends of the extreme. Like, you, you sort of have skeptical and indifferent and frustrated sort of in the quote-unquote middle, right? And they had some big chunks. Skeptical at 42% of the response. Frustrated had 23% of the, ch- the, the, the vote. I want to compare the two ends of the extreme which is optimistic and pessimistic. Okay. And you had 20% of people say that they were optimistic. One in five Preds fan. 6% say they were pessimistic. And I do think that is a positive sign for the organization. And that's that's about the last, the late season surge. That's about some young players. That's about maybe buying into to John Hines. That's the 60% that said you shouldn't have fired David Poyle. T- to me, comparing that basically three to one ratio of fans that are optimistic versus pessimistic, I do think that's of note to me. Yeah, and the other choices, which you uh, criticized me for last week. I did. It wasn't a... It wasn't a criticism, but they were all sort of skewing towards negative. negative. The other... Skept- I, needed, I needed another sort of yes. almost positive... The problem response. is, they, they're, you know, the other choices were skeptical, which won the day. Um, 42%. Uh, indifferent. And, 8%. and frustrated. 23%. So those were the, the skeptical and frustrated were the two highest totals. And I think like we talked about last week, I think skeptical, I know skeptical has a negative connotation to it. I do think you can, I, I think that's sort of neutral. You know, I guess you can look at skepticism as cautious optimism if you want to. But, you know, the point is yeah. that, while Predators fans, there was a good number. There are there were a good number of Predators fans who were encouraged by what they saw in the second half of the season. They're not sure it's sustainable. Okay. Um, and, okay. And and you could look. And the following question was, you know, how did the the Predators' record in the second half of the season change your outlook on the team's future? I think it was like fifty something percent said slightly. Yeah. 
and then there was a chunk that said significantly, and then a the smaller chunk that said not at all. I think I was significantly on that. One, I was, I was, I, I, I was slightly. I was. Yeah, slightly. I think that's where you were. Um, I think this is the best question of the entire thing, and may- maybe it's just me because I'm fascinated by like intercommunal dynamics with fans and brands yes. and, com- and, and companies because it's entertainment, right? First and foremost, would the Predators benefit from having a more visible owner that spoke directly to fans? Sixty-one percent no. 39% yes. Explain what you think fans were voting on there. You've intera- you've interacted yes. with these readers. What, what does that mean to you? I think the fear, for lack of a better term, that Predators fans that voted no to that question, the question being, would the Predators benefit from having a more visible owner who spoke directly to fans? I think people... Having a Jerry Jones type of personality. I, well, that's exactly where, like I worst, was, that's where I was you know. going with it. I think... He is pre- the worst end of the extreme. Yes, I think Predators fans were thinking of a Jerry Jones type or a Mark Cuban yeah. type or um, a Eugene Melnick type, to use the NHL example. Someone who's too out there, someone that's right. too available, someone that you're concerned about. Yeah, that. someone says yeah. someone that says things that are problematic. Yeah. Um, There's a point of diminishing returns on having a vocal, visible owner, right? But I do think yeah. it's important because in the stage where the predators are, I do think it's important for a member of the ownership group to be more accessible. That does not mean that they have to pick up, you know, they have to answer the phone every time a reporter calls right. or they have to be, you every know, press conference. every press conference. But I do think it's important for the owner of the team to be available at least a couple of times a year. <laughs> yeah, um, it's not that, that's not, too you know, whether it's at the beginning of the season or the end of the season or something like that. I do think that Predators fans want to hear from someone in the front office, that's that who's not yeah. David Poyle or Sean Henry. Well, thirty nine percent said yes. Yeah, you know, so it, I was I was fascinated by that question. I yeah. thought I that to me was the most surprising result. I thought it would be I wouldn't say overwhelming yes, but I thought it would be a clear yes. The fact that it was overwhelmingly no, yeah, I'm, was I'm was surprising to me. All right, let's wrap up here with a couple of player questions, which are fascinating to me. We'll, we'll do the uh, sort of lighthearted one, which is a good thing, that there were four different rookies that got at least 10% of the vote. Question yes. being, which Predator rookie made the biggest impression on you this season? The fact that four guys got over 10% of the vote is a good sign that they actual there's, there's plenty of young rookie talent. I am surprised that Ale- Alexander Co- Carrier... I don't know why I was going to say Alexi Kovalev there. <laughs> I don't know what the hell just What are happened. you thinking about? The um, Canadians, I guess. Oh, overtime hockey, I don't know. Um, 39% to 31% Alex Carrier over Ellie Tolvin. I was a little bit surprised. I thought, I just assumed that, you know, it's it's harder to evaluate good defense play. It's easier to look at a, a rookie scoring goals on the power play. Like, I just thought, and maybe that's maybe that's insulting to fans. I don't know. But I just assumed Ellie Tolvin would, would would win this and run away with it. So I'm actually impressed with Predators fans that they sort of agree with us that Alex Carrier at almost 40% was the most impressionable rookie on this team. I thought he was by far the most impressionable rookie on this team and now has to be protected in the expansion draft. So I'm impressed with Predators fans. I think the reason for that result is that Carrier emerged at a time when Tolvanen was struggling. If Tolvanen had maintained his early season scoring pace, he would have won this question one, quote unquote, I think hands down. 
but he got injured. So maybe, did what, maybe what have you seen? What, yeah, have, you know, right. what have you done for it's me recency, lately? Kind of recency, recency bias. bias. Yeah. I mean, they both got injured and were out for you know a significant period of time. When Tolvanen came back from his injury, he was not the same player. Carrier came back and was playing you know twenty five minutes a night on the got in, better in, in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so it's close. Um, I thought another interesting result was that third on the list was Tanner Janot. You know, I believe it was Janot third, Trenin fourth. Sixteen percent for Tanner Janot, eleven percent for Yakov Trenin. Matthew Olivier got a, a, a little bit of a sliver there. I thought Olivier, the thing I is, think like, Davies got like two votes. Yeah, Jeremy I, Davies got like two votes. I feel like Janot, Olivier, and Trenin are kind of all the same guy. I think Janot really stood out because he was he hits like a Mack truck, scores and goals, sco- and he yeah. scored five goals in the regular season. Yeah, I think that's fair. My favorite stat from the season, by the way, is that if Matt Duchesne would not have scored two goals in that meaningless game against Carolina in Game Fifty Six, he would have ended the season with fewer goals than Tanner Janot. Oh God. Speaking which of Matthew Shane, which leads us to our last question: Which core player would you most want the Preds to move on from this this offseason? We gave you a few of the results last week, and the results didn't change a whole lot. Fifty-two percent, Matt Duchesne. Twenty-four percent, and by the way, six options here. So fifty-two percent of six different options. Twenty-four percent, Victor Arvidsson. Again, I thought that was a little surprising that he finished second. 15% Ryan Johansson, Ryan Ellis got a chunk, and then Matias Ekholm, Philip Forsberg, basically. I think they combined got, for like 1.5% yeah, they, or they, something like they that. They got nothing. So I don't think – I'm a little surprised, I guess, in Arvidsson being up there, but I suppose people see what we see, which is an aging, smaller player that's not scoring as much that has got a tradable contract, right? I, I guess people see the logic of moving on from Victor Arvidsson at this time. Not surprised that Matt Duchesne won. Surprised that the number was that large. Um, and not surprised that people want to keep Matias Ekholm and, and Ryan Ellis and Philip Forsberg. Yeah, I thought, like, if I were to rank, if I, like, bef- when I asked that question, I thought the rankings would be Duchesne and Johansson fighting it out for number one, and whoever didn't finish number one finished number two. And then Arvidsson at three. I would say Ar- Arvidsson three, Ellis four, Ekholm and Forsberg at the bottom. So it wasn't too far off. No, I but, was surprised. But the gap. Like, the, ga- the, the two things that were surprising were was, you know, not so much that Duchesne won, but the gap between him and the next closest player. And the fact that Johansson, I think the gap between Johansson and Arvidsson was rather large too. Yeah, 24 to 15. Yeah. So a big chunk. I, mean, I thought a quarter I thought, of respondents yeah. saying Arvidsson. Three quarters of the people said Duchesne and Arvidsson. Yes. So good luck with Duchesne. So you're not optimistic about. All right, which leads us to our last question. That's the fan survey. Go read all the results on yes. theathletic.com. Pay for good journalism. There's a couple other good stories up there already, as as it is. Uh, we'll, we'll get a little bit deeper into this from like a name and personnel standpoint Next week. as we move along. But I sort of wanted to start the conversation on this episode just to sort of plant the seed Ooh. for people. And that is, let's let's just be optimistic about the chances of their offseason plan working. That Matt Duchesne goes to Seattle, Victor Arvidsson is traded. You know, maybe they they resign Mikhail Granlin, UC Saros, Dante Fabro. They take care of all the, the 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 orders of operations that we see, right? That we've sort of laid out for people. It all happens as well as it can. It doesn't mean that every deal is going to be great or whatever. But let's just say it happens. And there's a bunch of cap space now, whatever it could be. It could be upwards of $20 million, right? Plus, before we sort of add Soros and Fabro and these other contracts in there. They're going to have some space to play with. I think the question is, what should they do with that? And my one big, and we'll get into some of the names and some of the pieces next week. But what I want people to think about is, what should the strategy be with that cap space? 
And if the if the poll results from your survey are true, soft reset, tweak the core, and use young pieces to fill. That to me says don't go out and get a big free agent. There aren't a ton of big free agents this summer, by the way. Um, That's good. Um, that means they can't go get one, right? <laughs> I mean, there are players out there, but there aren't a lot of brand names who you expect to, you know, not re-sign with their teams, like Alex Ovechkin, right, right, and right. Gabriel Landeskog. Um, Don't go big game hunting. No. Is my point. here's what I would do, and we'll keep it brief, and we'll get into more of it next week. If you if if one of those eight million dollar centers does get taken basically what i think you know you take care of your own you know you've got money to re-sign Ekholm. you have money to re-sign forsberg you can re-sign granland you have a ton of restricted free agents that aren't going to cost a lot but you need to re-sign tolvanen fabro davies janot olivier um <laughs> a, long list. a long list um soros and so, soros yes so you have to so you can use a lot of it to take care of your own and maybe you find a middle six guy, a second or third line guy, the guy that I've talked about, like, this is just me personally. This is not based on it. I don't want to be radioed or podcasted here, but I like, I like Zach Hyman. He's a free agent. He's been with, he's been with Toronto for the past several years. I like him a lot. I think he, what what does this cost? Well, roughly, I think he could probably command between five and $6 million. You better, you better play. You better play on the top six then. Well, he has been playing on the top line in Toronto with Austin yeah. Matthews and Mitch Marner, so he has experience yeah. playing that. Okay. Of course, the concern is if, that big game hunting though. Six million dollars a year that feels a little bit like big game hunting to me. It might be on the edge of big game hunting. I want a bunch of Nick Benino types. I want a, Nick I want, Benino I, will be available this <laughs> summer. By the way, I want a couple three and a half million dollar guys that I are. I mean, that those are, guys are, are always available. That are good enough. That are better than your bottom six guys they're not top line guys but they're the guys that you that do all the shit you need them to do like that you know and ideally maybe one of them can score goals but i think the thing that (laughs) the predators need to do and then we'll wrap this up now the thing that the predators need to be wary of this season was last season you know david Poyle talked a lot about a youth movement then he goes out and signs Halla and granlin and borbietsky and benning richardson richardson Cousins, cousins, like don't do that this don't do that this summer. Well, like f- for a million dollars to fill gaps, I know, but like, would you? But thing. like, give Rem Pitlick a chance. Okay, give Philip right. Tomasino a chance. Okay, don't you know? Trennan and Janot and Olivier earn the right to be in the mix. Like, don't I, sign I players that. that are going to prevent those young players from getting opportunities. Like, like you're like you said, like you don't need to go out and sign the the, the biggest free agent. But, like, don't sign guys that are going to take spots away from younger players at I, this point. I completely agree with that, and that's a great point to leave it. We will look at some of what those pieces could be next week on the show. Adam Vingan, pay for good journalism, go to The Athletic. And if you're going to go eat and watch some Euro soccer, watch some College World Series, you're going to watch some Stanley Cup finals, some NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, whatever. You, the Olympics are coming up. What are you going to? Where are you going to go? Jaspers. Of course you're going to go to Jaspers. Not where my you, house. I don't have air conditioning. Where do you take your where do you take your pregnant wife to eat these days? Jaspers. Where do you go pick up lunch for your wife at work? Jaspers. Where who's got great happy hours from 4 to 6 every day and also from 6 to close two different happy hours on most days. Whoa, it's Jaspers. Who has free parking? Jaspers. How could all of the you ask yourself? How could all of these things exist in one place? Well, they do. Yeah. At Jaspers. At Jaspers. So go to Jaspers. Eat their food. Tweet at them too. Like tweet and post on their. Inst- yeah. Instagram. Tell tell them that you're going to Jasper. Tell them that you're coming. Tell them that we sent you. Yes. And yeah. There you go. There you have it. Adam Vingan, where can people follow you? 
on theathletic.com and on Twitter at Adam Bingham. There you have it. You can follow me at Braden Gall. My name's Braden Gall. Thank you guys all for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe, share the show. Just tell one person and go to Jaspers. Thank you all for listening. This has been the Gold Standard on the 440 Sports Network.